of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 382. Jason Lingren is with me, and Mr. George Wiseman is back. You may recall, Jason. I didn't look up the uh, the number. It was the Browns Gas episode we did. Uh, maybe while we're doing this, I will look up the number on the website. You can use the search uh, and just put in Wiseman or George, and you'll get the number. It was a wildly popular episode, and we're going to do a follow up to the Browns Gas Machine. And then we're going to morph into energy ideas. Uh, welcome, Jason. And good morning. I should probably apologize. I was out for a little while with a nasty little cold. Um, I'm still a bit gruff, but over the hump. And uh, welcome, George. It's good to be here. Thank you. So, I mean, there was one heck of a response for the machines you're building, I would say. Yes. Uh, actually, I hadn't discussed this with you before, but... Uh, that response was so big, and I thought I was prepared. I had hundreds of machines in inventory. I was not. And the orders have continued uh, uh, amorphically. The, um, like, uh, there's several other places where people are ordering from, and now my normal uh, is, is just taking over my entire uh, manufacturing capability. So I'm, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along about the manufacturing and how it's going to be increased. But I wanted to tell your people straight up front that uh, we're we're chasing a six-week queue, back-order queue at the moment. So anybody who orders today or anytime in the near future can expect to wait six weeks before their machine gets shipped. Uh, we're, we're building them as fast as we can. We're, I had increased my manufacturing capability 10 times. I'm now looking at increasing it another 10 times uh, using some techniques, which we can discuss a little bit later because I want people to help me do that. Okay, so I just thought I'd let people know that there is a backorder queue. It was wildly successful, uh, and everyone who understands what this thing can do just gets one. Yep. All right, so let, let, let's actually address that. So everyone's aware, under every episode, there's a little set of images where I sponsor a product that I've used and I appreciate that I consider quality. George Wiseman's link is a little image link. I think his face is on the image. If I'm not mistaken, George, it's almost a $500 reduction to get the machine if you use that sponsored link. And as he said, there's a few week backup. The first time we did this, the response was off the charts. So many people ordering machines as we went into the holidays, but let's do this. Jason's got a machine. I've got a machine. So I'll start with what I saw. Basically for people who didn't catch the first episode, it's a machine that makes what's called Brown's gas. Um, maybe it's a form of hydrogen. I don't know. George will will address that. But Brown's gas is slightly different because I actually went out. Um, I got pushback when we did the first episode. So I went out and bought a damn expensive, which I didn't really want, Japanese version called Holy Hydrogen. And I'll tell you what I noticed. Um, I'll tell you honestly the difference between what I noticed. Here's what I did. I got my machine. My mother, as everyone knows, has been diagnosed with dementia. At the point that I got the machine, she had slid quite a ways. And by the evening time, every day, she was not present again, mostly. I put her on the machine for 20 minutes and she was talking and focusing. That was the first experience I had. I used it for myself. I've used it for my wife and I consider it to be the real deal. I don't think I would describe it as the miracle cure-all, but I will describe it as the real deal. Now, this holy hydrogen machine, I got endless emails as soon as I covered George's machine, all these claims. And so I said, okay, you know, I covered this, I got to do it. So I get the holy hydrogen machine. Here's the difference. The other one is easier. 
The maintenance is easier. Everything is easier. But the volume of gas, and it's only hydrogen, it is not Brown's gas, is minuscule compared to Georgia's machine, almost subtle. And you have to run it for a while to get to peak hydrogen. And here's what I will say. And this is my honest opinion. If I had a choice between purchasing one or the other, I'd grab George's machine. Jason, why don't you tell us uh, the experience you and Rose have had? So for myself, before I get to Rose, I noticed that it gives me almost a pleasant lightheadedness after a little while. I just feel kind of energized and pleasant. Uh, but I'm a very healthy person, so I wasn't expecting to have any sort of miraculous things going on with me. I'd swear that I have some gray hairs on my head. Not that I'm that gray, but I have a little bit. But I'd swear that I have some gray hairs that are getting my natural dark brown at the root again. But that's a really hard thing to say. No, my wife said the same thing, Jason. I didn't notice, but she said that the you know I've got a lot of gray in my beard and my hair. Uh, she said it looked darker to her. Okay, there you go. But the big thing was with Rose. Now, she doesn't feel what I feel just breathing it normally or drinking the water, but she's burned herself twice by accident, one of those unfortunate things that can happen a lot with her condition. And the rapid healing that we saw was unbelievable, and we took pictures of it just to back it up, of the first one that was really bad. It just seemed to heal so quickly. Local or breathing, Jason? Local treatment to the burn or breathing? So just breathing and drinking the water, we didn't actually use the other little extension to put it directly on there. We were talking about doing it, and then we never did it because she was kind of freaked out, and she gets a lot of mind over matter things with wounds if it's below her paralysis level. So we just stuck to the normal breathing a whole bunch and then drinking at least a full vial of the Brown's Gas water every day, sometimes more. So we have pictures to back up how quickly the burn healed. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, these machines are the real deal. And I, I want to, George, I want to take a minute to talk about safety. That was the only thing that concerned me is because when you run a podcast of this size, you run the gamut of everyone that's in the world and you see how people are careless. And Jason did what I did when he got the machine. He went right through all the pamphlet that comes with it and he adhered to the safety regulations. Um, you're basically mixing line. You're doing other things and you are going to need after about a hundred hours of use to clean your machine out, which means the lye water comes out and then the lye water goes back in, whether you make new or reserve the old. The point is, is you have to adhere to the safety protocol. This machine is the real deal, but if you're a careless person or a lazy person, I would say this machine is not for you. If you're not going to pay attention and read the instructions, they're not difficult, then that's what I would add. George, do you want to add anything to that? That's very well said. Like anything, like if you're driving a vehicle or whatever, uh, you've got safety issues that you, any particular machine, even a Keurig machine, a coffee maker or a distiller, any, any machine, you have to pay attention to the safety protocols. And even though the lye solution in the machine is no more dangerous than uh, concentrated liquid soap, uh, it's still something you don't want to get in your eyes or mucous membranes or whatever the case may be. It's pretty simple and straightforward, but you do have to pay attention. Absolutely. If, uh, if you don't want to do that, then yes, things like the Lord's Hydrofix machine is probably a better option because I really think that people should be getting at least hydrogen in one form or another. There's tablets and things out there as well. It's just that I concentrate on the very best of the very best, and that's where I put my energy. 
But yes, you're absolutely correct. The machine is the safest in the world. There is no machine that is safer. There may be some machines that approach the same safety levels, but we have we designed the machine right from scratch because, <laughs> as my father used to say, still does say, he's still alive. I gave him an aqua cure and it really helped him. But uh, he'd say, every time you idiot proof something, they make a better idiot. <laughs> but there, there it is. You know, when, when, when you do the volume of communication that Jason and I do, you meet the world. And, it, you know, so many times it just takes one careless person, I guess I'll say, um, to cause trouble for everybody. And that, you know, that's the only concern I have. But I, I want to say something too. There's like, when you get your machine, there's, I, I guess I'll call them scrub bottles. There's two external liquid bottles. Now that's the other thing. You're not going to use anything but distilled water with the Lord's holy hydrogen or whatever it is um, that I was talking about, the Japanese machine, um, they'll let you use purified water, other kinds of water. But in George's machine, you're going to stick with distilled water. What I noticed is this, one of the external tanks, the first one, I guess I call it a scrub tank or whatever. I don't know what it's properly called, but the other one that you can drink, the first time I drank that water, it just, your body feels like it wants it. And you feel instantly or I did, as did my wife, a feeling of well-being. And what about you, Jason? Do you have anything to add about drinking from the proper outside tank? So I do that every day, as does Rose. Again, I just kind of get a feeling of pleasant energy. Nothing like drinking six shots of espresso or anything like that. But it's it's good. It makes me feel really good, and I make sure to do it every day. I want to make sure that's getting into my body because... I believe George right from the get-go after looking at all of this, and I, I want to do what I can for anti-aging and health and all that. So there's, there's one more thing I'll add. My mother had some melanomas developing on her head. And so what I did is I converted the machine uh, to go into, you know, like a shower cap. So I converted it so it could go into a shower cap. So the shower cap would hold the gas on her scalp. It looked to me like it was improving greatly, the smaller ones. And I was looking forward to taking pictures by chance. My sister took my mom to a dermatologist and they always freeze things. So the ones that were on the back of her head that I thought were looking better, they just went away after they were frozen after a few days and there's pink skin underneath. There's another one that was much bigger and it looks very centralized as if it's not spreading or getting bigger, but again, it was also frozen. So that's what I can add. George, do you have other experience with, with anyone using the gas locally like that in some way? Well, as far as the melanoma goes, I have two uh, stories. The first one had to do with, and I may have mentioned it in our first interview in 1996, a customer was using one of my ER 1200 water torches, which is a Brown's gas electrolyzer that's large enough to produce enough Brown's gas to power, uh, to fuel a normal oxyacetylene torch, but with Brown's gas instead of acetylene. And for some reason, he decided to, this is way before anybody knew anything about Brown's gas for health. He bubbled the Brown's gas in water and then put the water on a cotton ball and put it in a plastic cap and taped it to a melanoma on his forehead. In three weeks time, he just kept uh, uh, refreshing the water several times a day. In three weeks time, that melanoma was entirely gone. He didn't have pictures, but he wrote to me about it, and I didn't believe him. Quite frankly, I didn't know. I didn't realize that you could take essentially a combustible torch fuel gas and use it for health purposes. This is <laughs> my customers have taught me more than I ever learned myself. In any case, 
I did put it out and as a uh, Brown's Guest for Health as a potential use and everything evolved from there. People started using it in testimonials and development of machines and, and we are where we are today. The uh, About three years ago, yes, about three years ago, this was duplicated in Germany with a, a person who did a, a, a little bit of a study. He was actually at a clinic and they did exactly that. They put a shower cap on the guy's head and put the gas up under the shower cap and treated him in the clinic. He'd come in a couple of times a day for his treatments. And I think they were only 20 minutes or half an hour each kind of thing. And in three weeks time, the melanoma and, and this, it, it actually, it was bad. It, it looked gross. They, they sent pictures. It covered about a third of his head. I have the pictures up on my website, eagle-research.life. So people can actually go and look at those pictures. And in three weeks' time, it was mostly gone. You, it, it was all pretty much healing skin, you could see. And so they sent him home with a machine. I, don't, I didn't get any further pictures after that. I'm not exactly sure why. But uh, it, was, it was obviously very much healing just from that effect. So let's, let's, I want to zero in on exactly what that means. So there's two external tanks. I described the, the first in the series as like a scrub tank. Um, the second one you can drink from. It's the bigger of the two. Like where you're breathing through your nose, it's the little breather comes off the one you can drink from. Are we talking about taking a cotton ball in that drinkable water after it's been bubbled? Is that what we're talking about? Correct. And so let's get into that for a minute. What's the half-life? I, I kind of understood from everything that I read that if you bubble through the water for 15 or 20 minutes, then there is a level of the gas you're after there, but the half-life is like 12 hours or something like that. Is any of that correct? All of it's correct until we get to the actual half-life. The half-life, what we're talking about is how much of the goodness stays in the water, right? how much of the healing capability, that sort of thing. And when you take all the different kinds of measurements, we're talking frequencies, hydrogen, uh, ORP, all those kind of things, and you measure them and kind of get a balance of the goodness in the water is what I call it. If you have it, the water in a sealed, like the, the drinking water jar that, that you're talking about is not sealed. The gas can escape out the cannula. If you take that water and pour it into a regular drinking water uh, container, a sports bottle, and you have it at room temperature, but sealed, the goodness is half gone in a day. So you can take it, and so that's 24 hours. So you can take it, uh, put it in that, and drink it during the day, and you'll be good. Just got to keep remembering to seal it because the hydrogen comes out of the water fairly quickly and, and easily. So as long as it's sealed, it'll last not too badly. But again, it's only good even in a sealed container for a day, let's say, and uh, or two at the most. Now, there are containers that hold the gas longer. Uh, generally, for some reason, I do not yet know why, aluminum is better than glass or steel or plastic. But glass, steel, and plastic are all about the same. And aluminum is twice as good. So the half-life is two days if you have a sealed aluminum container. But I don't use aluminum for anything that's going into my body. So Right, that- <laughs> right, right. Important point. I have a big idea that part of my mother's dementia, so-called dementia, is aluminum related. So that's a critical point. Um, using these damn aluminum containers for your water, not a good idea. Probably using tin foil, uh, Gerson covered the gamut. Uh, if you, st- and not only that, think of all the, the things that we drink from a store that probably you should be drinking. Uh, they're all in aluminum and they'll tell you it's coated, but I'll tell you another, while, while we're on the side shoot, 
Um, and I want to get back to how long it takes to charge the water, but there's another legitimate conspiracy out there that Jason and I were thinking about covering. I realized that my mother's dementia was brought on probably partially, at least minimally from aluminum buildup in her body. So I went through the house and I started to realize, oh my God, every single thing we cook in is aluminum. And it has these crappy little coatings that of course get scratched, even if you use the right utensils. So you've probably eaten whatever was scratched off, which ain't great, but then it's naked aluminum. So I go online and I vow that I will ditch every aluminum cooking utensil in this house. And that's where I found the conspiracy. It is nearly impossible to find cookware uh, that is affordable for one without aluminum. What I finally did was found a way too expensive set that I split with my sister because it was expensive. She loves to cook. Um, so we split the cost to get titanium stainless. But even in that, the, the bottom of it has aluminum in it, but it's encapsulated. And so then I start researching, you know, can the encapsulated aluminum get out? There's really no, no thing. But the point is, looks to me like they're intentionally filling up the world with aluminum. But after that little veer to the left, how long does it take to charge the water, George? Uh, if I bubble through the water, like if I put fresh distilled water and I bubbled for 15 or 20 minutes, would you consider that charged water? Yes. Uh, that's a really good question. And I actually should put charts up on the internet, but I do have a document that a doctor did in Spain that shows the charging of the water uh, with and, and recording the ORP, oxygen reduction potential, which essentially is a very good indicator of how the water, as the water is getting charged. And it isn't a linear uh, curve. It's more a, um, or a bell curve. It's, I'm not sure how to describe it, but let's put it this way. For the first few seconds, you get most of the charge. So by the time you've done two or three minutes, the charge is very steep. The water absorbs the, the bulk of the charge fairly quickly. And then as you bubble more, it tapers off in the minutes until you reach uh, saturation where it doesn't matter how long you bubble it, the charge will just stay the same. So at first it charges very quickly and then goes off. So if you're charging it at a hundred percent of the Brown's gas production of the AquaCure, you really have at least 80% of the charge in the first five minutes. And the, the remaining 20% of the charge would be in the next five minutes. So in 10 minutes, you've got maximum output or maximum charge and maximum saturation. Now, if you, now I do something that no one else in the world does because I try to be as practical as I can about everything. And I'm lazy. I don't like to do things twice. So when the, uh, the gas is coming out of the Brown's gas machine, out of the AquaCure, I bubble it through the drinking water first, and then I inhale it because the gas is otherwise just going out into the atmosphere and you're not doing anything with it. So then I inhale it. Some of the gas at first stays in the water, but it's a very tiny amount uh, compared to the amount that's actually going through the water. Uh, and we can get into that in, in a minute when we talk about uh, the efficacy of drinking versus inhalation. But getting back to the charge, if you're inhaling, you want to be inhaling at a lesser percent. You have to optimize the out output of the machine for your body size. And for me, that's 38%. Now, at 38%, it takes approximately 10 minutes to get that 80%. And then it tapers off in the next 20 minutes or so, I've got the full charge. Some uh, people are smaller than I am. Like my wife is 100, has to breathe for 120 pounds. And so she would be inhaling it somewhere around the 25%. And at that point, 
again, it takes about 15 minutes to get that 80%, but she's inhaling for half an hour or an hour at a time. So there's absolutely no problem. She has fully uh, bubbled and charged drinking water by the time she's done inhaling. Now, there are some people that uh, are bubbling for whole families, and we have a three-liter larger jug for that. And again, with the three-liter jug, it follows the same rule, only you have to uh, multiply by three. So if you're doing the 80% in five minutes, then it would be 80% in 15 minutes kind of thing. That kind of help you out? Yeah. So let's just address that. So he was telling you about percentages. Um, It's all very simple for people who aren't very technical. There's a couple little buttons on one side. They set the frequency. Most people are using 432, which of course relates to the idea of a helpful musical tuning vibration. And then the other one is the percentage inside the booklet that comes with it. You just look up your body weight and it tells you where to set the percentage. Very simple, not a hard thing to do and pretty crucial. But getting back to the water, um, George, so if someone turned on the machine for like two or three minutes in in the drinking water side, you would call that charged water. That would be sufficiently bubbled. And if I followed what you said, that's distilled water. So probably it charges so quickly. I'm surmising, I'm guessing because it grabs that hydrogen so quickly because it's distilled. Is that right? Yes. uh, It grabs not only the hydrogen, but the electrically expanded water, which is one of the reasons why Brown's gas is different than straight hydrogen. Uh, Studies in uh, Germany that are ongoing right now are showing that Brown's gas, because of the electrically expanded water, and we can get into more of that a little bit later, is showing about a 30% more healthful efficacy than just straight hydrogen. So the hydrogen the oxygen and the electrically expanded water, all three get absorbed into the drinking water. And yes, in the first few minutes is the is the greatest amount of absorption. And then it gradually just, it tapers off after that. So I, I'm going to let Jason ask a couple things if he's got a couple things here, but there's another thing I wanted to bring up. So the way I am in my house, I'm not really set up to when I clean it to catch the lye water. That's basically going down the sink. Um, So that means each time I've got to make fresh lye every hundred hours of operation or so. What I realized is where I am, it is not easy to get lye. Can you supply the lye for anyone who ends up in a situation like I am? I can, but you can actually get it less expensive than from me because I have to buy it and then mark it up to resell it. Okay. You just go straight to Amazon. You can buy the packets of uh, lye that are just, I think it's four ounces or something. It's about the right amount just in each packet to put in the AquaCare. So, okay, let's get into that. So when you're reading your instructions and you're setting machine up, I think it's, if I remember correctly, is it seven or eight tablespoons, George? Is that what's in the, I'm trying to remember back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the book will, will try to convert to tablespoons because people don't, a lot of people don't have uh, scales. I'm kind of a scientist. So I, I think in grams. It's 80 grams that I recommend being put into the machine. And I think that's about six tablespoons, if I remember correctly. How many ounces would that be? Do you know the conversion? It's a little over three ounces, less than four ounces. Okay. And so this does, you don't want to be under and you don't want to be way over, but I I do remember in the directions, you can ballpark it as long as you get to where you want without going severely under or severely over, right? Yes. The machine will operate with as little as 30 grams in the machine. It'll still make enough gas to be therapeutic. Uh, And you can go to as much as 150 grams without really clogging up the machine or anything. But by that point, you're getting so much in there that 
first of all, it's it's starting to be a caustic mixture, which I, I'm trying to be safe and keep the uh, fly amount down to something that's like soap is what I was talking about. But also, uh, it it um, it starts to crystallize. Like some of it'll just kind of uh, crystallize out of solution at certain times as you're operating the machine inside. And those crystals can actually start to plug up small orifices and things inside the machine. So it's a good idea not to have too much. And the, the worst thing that happens if there's too little is that it doesn't make gas. So then you can just add a little. You have to pour the solution out, mix it, and pour it back in. Don't just put powdered lye into the machine because it'll just set up like concrete down there. You have to mix it in properly. And be hot, right? Everybody knows when you put lye in water. You know, one of the things that, that everyone's going to think of, George, is when you first get to lye, um, and this was a lot of the emails, people that wanted to spout fear, which I tracked down every report and I found no basis for what was going on. So I'm sidestepping that whole thing. But when you get lie, you're thinking, oh, wow, lies, lies gnarly. And then it occurred to me, my wife's family coming from the South, uh, all that hominy. I had forgotten uh, this food called hominy, which is a form of corn production. Uh, they're they're doing it with lye right in the right in the corn they're going to eat. And so I looked at it again, actually looked someone up doing it and they did all they did was rinse it three times. And I'm thinking there's no way you can get all the lye out of it. Is there any way they could get all the lye out with three simple rinses? Um, but that's when I began to realize that this is not nearly as dangerous as most people have in their minds with lye. And then, of course, I looked up soap production. Yes. First of all, they even use it as a glaze on pretzels. In, in over in Europe, oh, wow. so the, yeah, it's it, people are eating some lye quite a bit all the time, and it's a household product. They use it in oven cleaner and drain cleaner. Now, obviously, that's way more concentrated than we're using, but it's in the household, so it's not something. And it used to be for thousands of years the basis of soap. You you mix some lye with some sort of oil or uh, fat, and bingo, you've got soap. The uh, and oh, there was another thing I was uh, thinking when we was doing that. But it, the thought it, it ran away on me. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Jason, do you, do you have things that you want to bring into the conversation? Anything that we haven't touched on? Well, I've got a collection of questions from people asking me, and I don't know how much we want to go into these. Let's do it. The very first one is the obvious one. How can one be truly sure that the machine is working and making the gas? Uh, it's, oh, shoot. It's almost like gravity. Because of the way it's designed, it can't not. If it's making gas, if you see gas coming out, it is the Brown's gas. Okay. It just can't be anything else. Well, provided that the solution is not too little. And you, what did you say? I forget how many grams you said was the minimum. Uh, 30 grams. 30 grams. But if it's too little, it's not making any gas and then nothing is happening. But if it's making gas, it is the Brown's gas. Okay. So if you see bubbles going through, you're already getting it. Exactly. If you've put enough lie into solution, I would say. Right. Okay. So what happens if one inhales 100% gas mixture? You would be inhaling the healthiest gas there is on the planet. And theoretically, you could literally inhale it only. And they have done that in the underwater and scuba diving. They've done some experimentation with that because hydrogen is even better than helium for deep sea diving because it comes out of the bloodstream so much faster than helium. It's a smaller uh, molecule. Again, anyone who understands about diving in the bends and things like that, uh, nitrogen, it, it comes out of the blood relatively slowly. Helium comes out very much faster, so they use that generally. And that's a good gas to use because it's non-combustible. 
but hydrogen actually comes out of the bloodstream even better and faster and is more healthful for you. But it has this little tiny issue of combustibility. So people don't want to inhale, or rather, you can inhale nothing but the Brown's gas coming out of a machine that had it was making enough gas so you could inhale it, like about half a liter per inhalation kind of thing that normal people use. But there's no reason to have that much gas. Uh, for safety's sake, you want to have no more than 2% hydrogen in your inhaled breath. And now thousands of scientific studies have shown that to be a therapeutically efficacious mixture because when you inhale Brown's gas, or let's just say a hydrogen mixture, and your blood gets saturated with the hydrogen, which is about 1.6 parts per million, any excess simply comes out of the blood and gets exhaled. So it doesn't matter how much of the hydrogen you're inhaling. If you have any excess, you just exhale it. That's one of the reasons there's no toxic limit. As long as you're getting enough oxygen, so it, like we're breathing air, it's a, a 71% nitrogen uh, mixture uh, with oxygen, whereas you could do the same thing with hydrogen. As long as you're getting enough oxygen, uh, it doesn't matter what the inert gas is. Well, let's let's just back for a second before Jason goes on to the next question. So if you jacked the machine up to 100, if you ignored your body volume chart, and right. the body volume should be for your healthy weight, not the weight that you are. If you're 50 pounds overweight, you should be reducing that to what your healthy weight is because that corresponds with your lung volume. So I think where the question was going is if you jacked up the machine to 100%, you're saying it's not going to hurt you. Is it possible to make it at 100%? Would that be flammable? If you jacked it to 100%. Yes. If you jack it to 100%, then you are likely, unless you're like a 350 pound man, normal healthy weight, which would probably be kind of a giant, uh, you would be inhaling a potentially explosive mixture. Okay. Potentially combustible. And there was one guy, I've, I've had, uh, <laughs> this guy had balls, I tell you. Uh, he wrote me and told me that he was smoking while inhaling the gas. Uh. And he did ignite it. Uh, accidentally, and it, but he was absolutely safe and fine because the gas mixture going into his lungs was less than the, the 4.7 percent combust lower combustible limit of hydrogen in air. So the explosion just went back into the machine, which was fine. There's nobody gets hurt with that because the gas coming out of the machine is absolutely stoichiometrically perfectly combustible. But when you dilute it in the air that you're inhaling, it goes under the explosive limit, the amount of gas and it's totally uh, safe to inhale. Now, if you're inhaling uh, at 100% from the AquaCure, you're also absolutely safe as long as there is no explosion. There's no toxicity to the gas whatsoever. It's a waste because any excess that you, your hydrogen that your body doesn't need, it just exhales again, but there's absolutely no toxic problem whatsoever. That's before I give it back to Jason to keep on his question. That's another difference between the Lord's holy hydrogen uh, and your aqua cure machine. If you wet your lip and you take the breathing tube that goes to your nose and it's running and you put it up to your wet lip, you can detect the gas is expelling. You cannot on the other machine. It is so subtle and producing gas at a much more, I guess I'll just say subtle level. The bubbles are tiny. You can wet your lip and put the breathe tube up to your lip and you can't detect that there's any outflow. That's another thing I noticed. Anyhow, Jason. So I get a sort of pleasant lightheaded feeling when I do it. And uh, Rose does not. Any idea why that might be? And should she maybe up the dosage, even though we're doing it for her body weight? 
no, don't up the dosage. And I, what I get is a clarity. As I'm inhaling the gas, uh, I feel alert. And because I sit at my computer doing work for ridiculous hours every day, I get up at 3.30 in the morning and, uh, and sometimes work until 8 p.m. at night. My wife is not happy with me, but I'm trying to help as many people as I can. And so I, I, respend, I spend these ridiculous hours concentrating on things uh, on the computer screen and, and what have you. Obviously, I'm not there all day. I have to go out and do errands and chores and, and look after production and things like that. But I spend a lot of hours and there's times when I'll feel like I'm getting drowsy and just not wanting to do the work anymore. And I'll realize, oh, I should put my cannulas on. And I put them on and then quite quickly, my brain perks up and I feel like I could just go and go and go. Everybody is different. Some people will be one way and some people will be the other. Like I, when I first inhaled the gas for 15 minutes at 6.30 at night, I was unable to sleep that night. I was absolutely wide awake, clarity. It wasn't like a coffee buzz or anything like by taking an espresso or something. Uh, I was just alert all night which was very disconcerting because I'm used to being able to fall asleep as soon as the TV turns on and I'm sitting on the couch, for example. <laughs> uh, and my wife, you know, my current wife, she inhaled for about 15 minutes first time and had the best night's sleep that she could remember. So exactly the opposite to uh, in just my own household uh, situations. Everybody is different. It, I, I don't know why some people... If it is affected the way they do in some people other ways. So people just have to listen to their own body. Yeah, I can, I can echo that. Remember the sky clock that we've covered so much. Everyone is unique because of that birth. Uh, when they're created at the zygote, potentialities are one way. When they take their first breath, even identical twins are unique, even though they appear to be the same. And in my household, it was the same thing. I get a sense of Alert well-being, I think is how I would describe it. My wife does not describe the feeling in that way. Uh, she says she doesn't feel any different. Got anything more, Jason? Oh, yeah. So can I use my Alexa Pure, which is a gravity filter water, for the drinking water as opposed to distilled water if I wanted to? Or is there something about distilled water that it is absolutely necessary to get the Browns gas to stay in there? No. Uh, there lots of people treat their water uh, with various minerals and add minerals and and uh, do uh, what they call structuring or various things to their drinking water. And all of that is fine. Whatever they feel is best for them to drink and then bubble with the Brown's gas is as fine as far as I'm concerned. Make your own choice. I prefer to drink distilled water only uh, based on, and I have since 2005, uh, 97% of my uh, fluid intake is distilled water bubbled with Brown's gas. I believe that any added minerals, for the most part, are non-bioavailable. There are some exceptions, like sodium chloride and such, but I get enough uh, table salt in other things that I'm eating and such. I don't need to add it to my water. Most uh, minerals and impurities in water are non-bioavailable, in my opinion, in research. And I think that getting the minerals and 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 so when one of the big arguments against distilled water is that it leaches. Uh, the minerals out of your body. And I say, yes, it does. That is absolutely correct. But it leaches out both like uh, chelation. It takes both the good and the bad. And then you replace the good with your food. So your body gets a natural turnover and you clean yourself out with the distilled water. That's essentially the way that I'm looking at it. 
So no, you don't have to use distilled, you do have to use distilled water in the humidifier and the aquacure itself, but in the drinking water, it can be whatever you decide is best for you. I do prefer the distilled water. All right. So let's be clear about that. So everyone comprehends inside the machine, you're using distilled water, nothing but the other thing is you do not want to overfill that machine. When you take your first three cups or whatever it is, when you've done your mixture, put it in there, maybe tilt the machine forward and backwards a little bit and keep your eye on the level. If you overfill, then you got to get water out of it. So just be careful there. The second, the, the primary scrub tank, the one you don't drink from, that should be again, um, the pure water, the, the, uh, the same kind of pure water. What they've just said is the one you can drink from or that humidifier, that last one that you breathe out of, that could be a water of your choice. Is that correct? Correct. I've even seen people put in orange juice and, <laughs> and even yeah. fruit ch- chunks of fruit into the, that bottle. But yes, anything that you feel like you want to drink. Yep. So can one make things out of the water, such as tea, coffee, ice cubes, or is there something about doing anything with it, is it going to lose the health properties? You have been getting some really good questions. Uh, and, and that is one of them. Uh, okay, so let's go into physics just a tiny little bit here. When you boil water, it, there, there's an old wives tale that you should use hot water to make ice cubes uh, because it cools faster. It freezes faster. That is incorrect. It, like, <laughs> it, will, it will freeze slower. But If you use hot water to make ice cubes, you will make clear ice cubes. It's a bartender's trick as well, to make uh, transparent ice cubes. Because when you heat water, it drives out all the gases. So therefore, if you're heating it for tea or coffee or cereal or whatever you're going to heat the water for, you've driven out all the good gases that you put in there from uh, from the boiling. The colder the water is, the more gas it can hold. So if actually you take cool water and freeze that, it will make very cloudy and and weird kind of ice cubes, uh, but they will actually have Brown's gas in those ice cubes. So that's actually what I do. And I find I like to drink cool water. So I have some of these Brown's gas ice cubes that I drop into my Brown's gas bubbled water to, uh, to drink. I think that pretty much answers that question. Okay. So if I was to boil it, obviously it's going to get rid of the gas then. So I personally love coffee. So if I make coffee with it, it's not going to have any benefits left. Correct. Use ice cubes and drink quick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you would make iced coffee at that point. So what about giving it to, we have cats, but of course a lot of people have dogs as well and other critters. Uh, How safe is it to give it to the animals? Uh, I'm assuming it's fine, but I've been asked. Absolutely safe. Wonderful for them. Uh, all water-based life forms, including uh, plants, lizards, uh, fish, uh, mammals, animals of all kinds, uh, benefit from this uh, brown gas bubbled water. It is absolutely astonishing. And if you do an experiment in your own home where you take two identical dishes and put one with the brown gas bubbled water and one with the regular water, whatever it is that they would normally get, I'm pretty sure that you're going to find what we found is virtually all the animals will drink from the brown gas bubbled water dish first. Hmm, very interesting. Now, with the drinking water, you bubble it at 100%. If, say, somebody's sitting there and they don't want to drink it yet, and they cut it down to whatever percentage they're supposed to be breathing at, is that going to change the efficacy of the water? Or is it still, once it's charged, it's going to hold it for, like you said, about a day? Well, as long as you're bubbling it at any rate, it will hold its full charge. 
So it, it, absolutely no problem. It doesn't get more charged by bubbling it longer, but it doesn't lose the charge either. So turning down the rate after it's fully charged is just fine. Knowing what I know from this conversation, this is what I would say. Turn it on at the level you use it. Don't jack it up to 100%. There's no need to. Bubble for five minutes and you've got charged water if that's what you're after. Now, what about the breathing tubes, the cannulas? How often are you supposed to change those? Okay, that's also another good question. I guess it depends on personal preference. I change mine out about once every six months because they they tend to get stiff. And it depends also on the kind of cannulas. You can get ones that are made of silicone and stuff that are very flexible and what have you. You can get some nose boogers up into the uh, tubes over time, and it, it kind of makes it look a little gross. But the uh, generally, you just take a little um, pipe cleaner or something, you can clean that out nice. And as far as I'm concerned, there's absolutely no reason to change them out until they physically get some sort of issue to clean them out. Some people trade them out quite often. It, it's a totally personal preference kind of a situation. Uh, if you have some colloidal silver water and just kind of bubble that uh, in it, it will sterilize them nicely uh, without adding, you know, like uh, bleach or, or vinegar smells or whatever the case may be, if you're trying to disinfect them. Like when I, when I was going to conferences, I would just simply disinfect the cannulas between each use, or people could have their own set of cannulas and come and use the uh, gas when I was at a conference. Uh, like I, I just have a bunch there that they could buy and then they could carry it with them and come back and, and uh, have, have their own cannulas so they wouldn't be borrowing something that somebody else had used. And, and as far as mold goes, people are concerned about mold when you get high humidity and what have you. No mold grows in these cannulas. It's a, it, it's a hydrogen-oxygen mixture that comes one way, essentially, out of it. Uh, no mold spores get in there. And because of the way that things are, it just can't grow. There's nothing for them, for the mold to grow on or any, any kind of thing like that. So I've never had mold grow in any cannulas that I've ever seen. Uh, or hoses that have to do with the Brown's gas. That pretty much answer? Yes. Yeah. What I had to do, the only thing that I've noticed is uh, the nose thing gets dirty and there's three of us using the one we're using. So my mom has to have straws to drink most, you know, some of the time she needs help. They, if you buy these straw packages where it's like a permanent straw, it's like a little rubbery permanent inert straw. There's a cleaner that comes with the straw and it's perfect for cleaning out. It's like a little little bit bigger than a pipe cleaner. It's like a little brush that's meant to clean the inside of a straw. Uh, it works perfectly to well clean uh, the nose thing if you're sharing. What else you got, Jason? By the way, I don't, I don't have any time marker for some reason. Well, my last question that I couldn't possibly answer to anyone, but uh, we're at 45 minutes, so we might want to let this carry over to the next part of the conversation. How does one use Brown's gas to increase fuel efficiency in an internal combustion engine? And is there a difference between regular gas and diesel? Uh, that is a very good question, obviously on a totally different subject. But uh, Brown's gas acts like a catalyst to increase the combustion efficiency in an inter internal combustion engine. Now, uh, a person needs to understand how combustion works. In order to combust a fuel, you actually need to have not, it not only in a vapor form, but you actually have to split all the atoms apart. So the molecules get split into their constituent atoms. In this case, uh, hydrocarbon fuel, you've got hydrogens and carbons. 
and they're generally in a chain or, or some structure, and you have to break all those atomic bonds. So you have nothing but monatomic hydrogens and monatomic carbons, and then those can combine with oxygen into water and carbon dioxide. And so in the process, you have to put energy in, which breaks the bonds. And then as they recombine, they, uh, they drop to a lower energy state and you have excess heat energy after that. So your, your, your outputs are heat, carbon dioxide, and water. And of course, if it's inefficient combustion, well, then you get some hydrocarbons and things like that. So in any case, the Brown's gas acts to help break apart the atomic bonds easier. That's, it acts like a catalyst. So you don't have to put as much energy into the combustion. So it's not taking as much uh, heat from the output, like it's, it's called self-propagating when it takes heat from its own combustion to help break apart the fuel molecules to, to continue the uh, combustion. Similar to if you have a wood-fired furnace and you throw some wood in there, the heat that's already in there will help break apart the wood and uh, cause the combustion to happen. Same thing with the hydrocarbons on only a lot, a lot faster scale. So when you put in enough Brown's gas to act as a catalyst, you gain approximately 30 to 50% combustion efficiency, which equates on then you go down the road that much further on a gallon of gas. Now, the longer the hydrocarbon chain is, in other words, uh, a short hydrocarbon chain would be like methane. You got one carbon and four hydrogens around it. Whereas dodecane would have, uh, I think it's uh, 12 carbons and uh, 24 hydrogens around it. Dodecane is towards diesel. Obviously, methane is the very lightest hydrocarbon gas. So on methane, with the Brown's gas in there, you'll get very little difference because there's not very many bonds to break. But with dodecane, it's got a lot of bonds to break. So that as you go further up in the mixture of the hydrocarbons, from methane to gasoline to diesel to fuel oil to what they call bunker oil in the big ships, with bunker oil, they were able to, to and, and I got the document, uh, The uh, essentially you could call it a tweet, I guess, a meme offline before they took it down and, and uh, suppressed it. They were burning up to 90% water with the fuel be, and, and getting the same power output as these big ocean-going ships when they were using the Browns gas as a catalyst. And then you get down in the uh, gasoline, you're talking maybe 25% gain in fuel mileage. Diesel, you can get 50% gain in fuel mileage. So you get an idea of the spectrum there and why it works and, and uh, what you can gain from it. Wow. So are you pouring the water directly into your gas tank? No, 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 no. That, uh, there are ways that you can do that. I, I actually wrote a book called Water as Fuel, which uh, describes some such things. But generally speaking, water doesn't mix with gasoline or diesel very well. It tends to separate. And the components in the fuel system don't like water for various reasons, including freezing. Uh, so it, it just doesn't work well just to pour water in your fuel tank. What you do is you, you add a water injection system so that you're putting fuel in with the regular fuel system and you're putting water into the air mixture just before it goes into the engine as some sort of a vapor or mist to help the combustion. But you also then at the same time is it are adding the Brown's gas right into that same mixture just before it goes into the engine. Uh, to act like a catalyst to make everything work efficiently. So it's a modification that has to be done. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then the next modification that you always have to do is what I call a combustion enhancement interface technology. Because as you increase the efficiency of your combustion, you actually need to cut back on the fuel that your regular fuel system is putting in because 
with the increasing combustion efficiency, you're getting the same amount of power using less fuel. So it, otherwise, you end up just wasting fuel in any case. And the fuel systems, because of the way the oxygen sensor works and, and the exhaust and things, can actually richen your mixture. So if you don't cut back uh, properly with this combustion enhancement interface technology, like EFI and carburetor enhancer and such, which I also have, you um, can actually use more fuel. You're, you're, you're <laughs> it's crazy. But that's part of the, the thing you have to do as well. So how would one get these modifications? You can go to my website and get the EFI. Most of my fuel savers are uh, out of stock right at the moment because for a long time, the fuel cost was very low. And then I started concentrating on the Aquacure over the last five years or so. And now 100% of my time is, is in the Aquacure. So the fuel savers are a good way to go. And if you go to my website or send me an email, I will direct you to people who are still doing fuel savers that I consider to be legitimate and will take good care of you. All right, Crow, I think that's going to do it. All right, what does this say about our world, people? I don't know when we fell asleep, <laughs> but the world, much of it, is still fast asleep right now. Consider what we've just talked about at the end. Now consider a gas company. Now consider the global warming argument, which is clearly related to the fossil fuel idea, which is not fossil at all. Um, it's a put-up. It's one big put-up. You know, Michael Hoffman, who we've had on this show, who used to work with James Shelby Downard and provided some of the most helpful information that helped me learn how to think in an age of sleepiness. Um, he sent me a thing on Omicron. Uh, you know, how many people out there are aware that if you take Omicron, the word reshuffle it, it, it'll say moronic one for one, just reshuffle the word Omicron. It's a poke in the eye. Uh, how is it that we could have had all these fuel efficiencies uh, well, how it is, is because it was a control mechanism and it was feeding other narratives like the world's going to burn up because all you monkeys out there use too much of the gas we make. Uh, when the real point here is we could have been off that gas a long, long time ago and everybody knows it. When we come back an hour two of episode 382, I'll open up. I'm going to try to remember a tale um, to spur George on about a neighbor that we had when I was, I don't know, five or four. I don't remember the tale exactly, but I remember the gist of the tale. And it has to do with a car that never ran out of gas. Um, and so, Jason, anything you want to add before I close up hour one? No, George, thanks for answering all the questions. I'll be able to field them when I get them now a little better. I did want to say one more thing before we close off hour one. Okay, and make sure you give out your contact info too, George. Okay, the, uh, the contact information is eagle-research.life for the website. It can be .com as well, so eagle-research.com. But if you're looking for anything having to do with the Aquacure, .life is a better website to go to at first. .com, also, I'm an alternative energy researcher and, and fuel-saving guru. So my .com website has a lot of that information on it as well. But what I wanted to point out was that there was a person who bought one of the Aquacures through... And, and that's why this particular testimonial is important uh, through Crow here. And I, I was just floored. I just wanted to read this to out. The woman named Erica says, I have been using the machine for six months and decided to get a scan to see where the cancer was. I had a complete clear scan of cancer. I've been battling stage four ovarian cancer for a year and a half. The only thing I'm doing different is using the Aquacure machine, praise God. Wow. You know, if this was any other situation, I'd be questioning it, but I can't tell you the number of emails that I got that are all around this ballpark. 
it's an amazing thing. And I think the main thing to take on here is everybody is different. Even in my own household, the effects, how people experience them are different, but I've seen enough now to know this is the real deal. Again, there is a sponsored link. It's a little image link under every episode on my website, pro777radio.com with George's face. And you get roughly $500 off these machines. We waited all this time from the first time we had George on because he couldn't keep up with the production. We're a sleepy, sick world right now, and we're trying to come out the other side, which we will do, but that's going to be it for hour one of episode 382. One last time, if you choose to use one of these machines, do your research. If you're a lazy person that doesn't want to have anything to do with setting up what needs to be set up or cleaning up, then you should look at the holy hydrogen or some other, what I consider to be less obvious effectiveness. I think they are effective, by the way, just not at the same level from my point of view with my body style. There it is. Join us at crow777radio.com. That's C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And again, don't forget, there's a sponsored link and George has given hundreds of dollar off if you use that link. Join us on the other side. There it is, man. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.
the beast of knowing. <laughs>